0: This is Comrade and Kaiser Movie Review, Episode 4, the racist Western classic, The Searchers. We're Comrade de- and Kaiser Movie Review. We de- watch de- a lot of movies, de- so you de- don't have de- to. We're de- Comrade and de- Kaiser, we're de- not de- that crazy. De- we just de- can't de- agree de- de- with de- de- democracy. Hey. Hello, this is Comrade and Kaiser Movie Review. The podcast where we like to talk about dirty communism, enlightened fascism, and today the epic John Wayne Western, does such as. I am your host, Kaiser Hans Gruber III, and this is my infantile-minded co-host, Comrade Sergei Ilyich-Mellenkopf. Ha! You think I'm infantile? What do you call nationalism and religion? The belief there are people who look like you, speak like you, and who believe in fairies, in ghosts, or at the foundations of decent government. <laughs> They're called angels and the Holy Spirit. And let us not forget Thomas Jefferson's famous quote, The government that governs the fewer races governs best. He never said that. But I sure he did. He said, the government that governs, least governs best, and it's all bull, Jefferson was a notorious slave owner and a slave rapist who had no respect for central governments. He had the mentality of an 18th century farmer whose ideologies is being followed for 21st century highly technologically developed city dwellers. Exactly! It's an 18th-century farmer ideology for people who want to return to 18th-century farming society! But this is not progress, it's the decline of civilization. We need to further develop the city to make it more inclusive, better living spaces, and more communal properties. 18th-century farming society was the height of civilization! Don't you see, a select few and privileged will be able to rule over everything and live their life free from government rule. All they have to do is be born into a family with immense land, money, resources and enslave a hundred or so people. Plus, it's good for the slaves too. Everyone is in the country, not the city and working where God intended on the land he gave one super-rich white guy. What's not to love? Everything, you piece of. Hi there. As producer of Comrade and Kaiser Movie Review, and as Sergei and Hans brutally beat each other to a pulp... Ooh, that's gotta hurt. I thought I'd share a bit of listener mail. Dear Hans Gruber III, Yours truly, Becky Mason, nine years old, from Alexandria Elementary School in Little Rock, Arkansas. Well, Becky, that wasn't much of a letter, now was it? You didn't tell the Kaiser where to put that, now did you? Alright, let's see the next one. Dear Sergei Melenkov, I read your 1995 work on the price stabilization of alfpogs for the use of post-Soviet currency conversions. I would just like to write and say, you Trotskyist spy piece of Thank you. Yours faithfully, Mikhail Gorbachev. Wow. Why yes, Mr. Gorbachev, you've picked up on a key point. The comrade is indeed a Trotskyist spy recruited from the halls of the New School in New York City, and purposely placed in Stalinist and neo-fascist communist parties in modern Russia to subvert the extreme right-wing country, kill First Secretary of the Leningrad Soviet, Sergei Kirov, uh, I think that's an old order, and impose the over 100-year-old and failed theory of permanent revolution. (laughs) Who knew it was so obvious? Let's see, next letter. What does the next letter bring? Ah, oh, disgusting. Now that's not even appropriate. I expected more from you, Mr. Morgan Freeman. Anyway, it looks like the Kaiser is finished coughing up blood. That seems to be a good enough time, if any, to start talking about 1956's The Searchers. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back. <sighs> yeah, we have to annihilate each other like our countries did at the Battle of Kursk. But in a sound studio. <sighs> Don't forget who won the Battle of Kursk. Yeah, yeah, I know, General Motors. They sold tanks to all sides, Western democracies, communists, and fascists. So true, every time we destroy a tank, some men in Detroit would make thousands of dollars more supplying Hitler with another death trip. We destroy one enemy just to help another. Much like drinking a little vodka for help against a lot of vodka. Also, the suchas, now this is a movie! As if you didn't like it? It was racist, insulting to Native Americans, cowboys, as well as toy dolls and it doesn't even include a good fight scene. Well, what about the fun at the wedding? Who knew there'd be a wedding fight? You've never been to Texas, have you? So, it starts off with a lone cowboy coming upon a homestead somewhere in the deserts of Texas. I like how this starts. It was a time when the only thing a man needed was his horse his gun, and his own right mind. Duh, and left to those three things alone, and a man is sure to end up qualifying for one of the many categories of the DSM of Mental Disorders. But that DSM is full of mistakes. Explain why Lepidism and Communism are not on it, but it puts on visions of angels. Because one is a delusion and the other one is just a point of view. Yeah, my point exactly. It turns out that the lone cowboy is Ethan, Mr. John Wayne himself, the brother of the owner of the homestead. Ethan had apparently been missing for the last 8 years, having been a traitor in American Civil War and in Mexican Revolutionary War, which I assume he was for the French, because honestly why would a confederate fight for the people of Mexico? But he was fighting for freedom, to enslave, and for taxes, a country that broke away from the tyranny of Mexico so it took could tyrannize black people then that joined and broke away from the U.S.R. for the exact same reason. How long will it be before a nation of strong white men can be recognized as the true tyrannizers over black and brown people? How long will it be before racism finally gets its own day in the sun? It's called the entire past and most of the present. Ethan also has a large sum of gold coins and Yankee dollars mysteriously obtained in his eight years of killing. Very suspicious for having ended up on the losing side. Yeah, it turns out it is far more profitable being on the losing side. I have friends in Argentina whose family ended up with millions of dollars worth of gold bullion after World War II. They said they earned it legally, you know, the normal way. Figures. Shortly after Ethan's return, the men in the town are all rounded up to chase cattle rustlers. Ethan is asked to take an oath of allegiance to the Texas Rangers as a former Confederate soldier read Traitor, an enemy of the state, he refuses. Ah, Sergei, you are too hard on confederates. The confederates simply wanted to preserve states' rights. The right to enslave people. Yeah, exactly. Is that so bad? Yes, yes it is. I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree about the ethics of a state's right to enslave millions of people based on the color of their skin. Even you as a communist is bound to realize the advantage of being capable of enslaving millions. Well, that is true. There must be some place we can put our apple sheeple. But hold on. Wasn't this what the entire Civil War was fought over? I'm pretty sure the North won. End of conversation. No more states rights. Nein, look who's in power now in the United States. It's the South. It will always be the South as long as the Constitution sways conservative and rural voters have more power. Face it, the North loses every time because they are liberal. Liberalism is dead as Lincoln, unless we talk about neoliberalism, the greatest economic dogma that is bound to bring back fascism. Neoliberal economics, it's like a science, if science were designed to create fascism. Whoa, I've never heard you endorse anything with the word liberal in it. Yeah well, the National Socialists were not really Socialists either, but you'll have to throw it in there so later Neo-Nazis could say it all went wrong with that second word. Just look at all the Nationalist parties we have now. (laughs) Case in point. (sighs) So then, the honorary Texas Rangers and Ethan go off chasing cattle rustlers, only to find the cattle had been driven far out into the desert and killed. It turns out, it was a dastardly ploy by the evil Comanche people so that they could attack and kill anyone in the homestead. Don't you see how this movie is turning us against the Native American for no good reason? Was there even a reason they wanted to attack the homestead? God forbid the natives did something aggressive like defend their land and counterattack their invaders. In this movie, it appears as if they simply did it for sport. Yeah, truly an awe-inspiring people. It reminds me of the treachery found in the Belgian people. Hunting the Congolese for no better reason than the ever-important chocolate and waffle industry. That is terrible. The Soviet Union was instrumental in freeing the African peoples from their white oppressors to finally be oppressed by their own oppressors. We Russians know very well no one oppresses a people like your own people. No one. So, the homestead is attacked. Ethan's brother, his brother's wife, and nephew are all killed. The two youngest girls, Lucy, a teenager, and Debbie, an eight-year-old girl, are abducted. Lucy's fiancé, Brad, and adoptive brother, Martin, were away with the rangers but upon seeing the burning homestead and missing women vowed to take vengeance upon the Comanche and retrieve the girls. Interesting fact, this scene inspired George Lucas to create the 1977 scene in Star Wars where Luke Skywalker sees his burning homestead in the desert of Tatooine. Uh, was? Hmm, never seen it. What are you talking about? All throughout Win Henry met Sally, you referred to Gary Fisher as Princess Leia. Hmm, weird. So, the just go out to fight the Comanche. Ethan wants to attack the Comanche camp head-on, but the captain commands them to approach sneakily. They are ambushed on the way to the attack, surrounded by the entire male population of the tribe. And that's where we get to really meet our comic relief. (laughs) Mos Harper (laughs) He he yelled like an Indian with the hand over the mouth. (laughs) He dabied a the bat. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Do you remember? (laughs) He looks so stupid! <laughs> like he was an Indian before he shot all of those Indians! <laughs> uh. I was really wondering what kind of idiot would find that funny. Mystery solved. Do, 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 do! Hi there! As producer of Comrade and Kaiser Movie Review, it is my job to get sponsors. Great sponsors. Big sponsors the kind of sponsors who have so much money that they wasted on advertising. Because let's face it, nothing says this product is so successful like talking about it on a podcast. We're talking about the kind of success where the only way the product will ever lose money is by blowing a fraction of profits on advertising. We're talking gasoline, ice cream, air, yes air, kind of success. So, if you have filthy, ridiculously successful product that honestly no one needs to hear about, contact us on our Facebook page or email at Kaiser at gmail.com. What was that? You called that a pitch? By all means, let's see you do better. Achtung, propagandists! Rats infest our streets! Dogs roam where dogs have never roamed before! Datty communists are now our colleagues! Hey, I'm not dirty. I was talking about Cheryl in accounting. But, do you know what keeps society going? You are sponsors, capitalism, and the good hierarchical nature of money buying its way to success. And more money. Uh, no, I don't want them to think advertising is like corruption. Oh, let me peach it. <clears throat> Dastardly propagandists. Ah, for Christ's sake, call them advertisers. Pfft, like there's a difference. Dastardly advertisers. Our show is like no other show. The time has come to give us vast amounts of money so that one day you will not die in the revolution. Okay, I'm going to stop this now. As you see, everyone, we are having a hell of a time getting sponsorship. If you could ever be so kind as to please go to our patreon.com slash comrade and kaiser and make a donation to our project today give us a reason to finish this season thank you do 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 as we left off john vane and the rangers were surrounded by a hundred angry indians Mose harper does his (laughs) epic war, he <laughs> <Yelled. laughs> with his hand over the mouth going, <laughs> Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> that was so funny, so funny. And lo and behold, the Indians just sort of ride around getting shot at, then go away. It's amazing they were ever really feared warriors at all. The rangers go home, thinking they're simply too many, but Ethan finds Lucy's mutilated party in a ravine. Her fiancé, Brad, is enraged and bravely storms the Comanche camp. He was shot immediately. The first kill the Comanche had in a month. And may I just add that Brad's attack was the same as Ethan's, but is seen as completely foolish when it wasn't the suggestion of a leading man. A year goes by. Ethan and Debbie's adopted brother Martin have been out looking the whole time. They come back upon a neighboring homestead where a girl named Lori makes shameful passes at Martin. Shameful? Please. In Soviet Russia, it's the women's responsibility if a man attempted any kind of bumpkin, it was straight to the gulags. It was number one reason why Soviet birth rate was so low. Well, that in gulags, and of course the constant purges followed by mass executions. Anyway, they continued their quests for years. There was a traitor who had information about Debbie. They killed him, you know, getting information the old-fashioned way. They become traitors themselves to infiltrate Comanche camps to get information. Martin ends up accidentally marrying a Comanche woman in exchange for hats and a blanket. You know, getting married the old fashioned way. Then they get help from a Mexican man who leads them directly to the Comanche's chief, Scar. You know, getting help the old fashioned way through Mexicans. I'm not sure that's as old-fashioned as it is contemporary. Let me tell you, the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans is that the Democrats want Mexicans working with you. The Republicans want Mexicans working for you. And in secret, under threat of immediate deportation for the slightest foul-up. But the heart of America is the same on both sides keep the mexicans working and the poor white people doped up on alcohol pills and television because after all those narcotics there's no way in hell they'd be able to do the job and if they get rid of those mexicans the rich lose their money and probably their heads That's probably the most profound thing i've ever heard you say Ah, I sometimes have my non-racist moments of clarity. Now, I Right, the pina. I'd better take this. So, uh, the Mexican introduces them to Chief Scar. Oh yeah. And Martin's Comanche wife dies by white man. No big deal for some reason. In the meeting with Chief Scar, Ethan and Martin are presented with scalps of white women by none other than Debbie herself, speaking Comanche, and has been taken as a bride by Chief Scar. They leave camp, wondering how to get her when she comes running to them. John Fane's character, Ethan, draws his gun. Martin draws his. Ethan thinks she is too far Indian, indoctrinated and lost, but then. The Comanche attack, Ethan is shot in the shoulder, and some Indians go down. The boys are chased into a cave where they hold their ground, Scar's horse is shot from under him, and the Indians just kind of leave without really attacking, again. Just what kind of attack was that? It was reminiscent of Japanese bonsai charge led by kindergarteners. And you call me racist. I'm just saying, I think real Comanche would have done a number on two cowboys. Uh, They had guns, horses, spears. They can't just ride around in gun range while not using their weapons. Anyway, then Ethan and Martin go back into the homestead and find Laurie is about to get married to the town idiot. But not Mos Harper, uh, another idiot. That town has got a lot of idiots. Well, that's Texas, I guess. Lori gets flustered seeing Martin again. There's a brief fight, and the idiot refuses to marry Lori. Just then, a Yankee officer comes in and announces that Mose Harper has located Chief Scar. But didn't they just speak to Scar and kill a bunch of his men? What? They couldn't see what he went after that? I don't know. But then it came for the battle royale. The rangers move out immediately. Martin pleads with the captain to go in for a suicide mission to sneak into the Indian camp and fetch his sister before they shoot up the whole place. As he does, Chief Scar comes in and Martin shoots him dead. The sound of the gunfire leads the rangers to go out in full frontal assault. Oh, how epic! They ride in at full gallop. The guns of the Indians fire. The guns of the Rangers fire. Only Rangers fire works for some reason despite the Rangers firing from a moving position and the Indians firing from a stationary position. They are slaying dozens without any harm to the Texans. Oh, the sound of the bugle and the fierce gallop of the horses as they destroy what little resources the Comanche possess. The horses are driven away. The teepees are ravaged and the children scatter, frightened and sure of near destitution. Take that, you Comanche warrior. Take that, you Comanche basket weaver. Take that, you Comanche professor of linguistics. All glory be to the man who bravely pushes forward to starve the children of his enemy. Hmm, just like Hollywood to support genocide. side. <laughs> Just not when the Germans do it. (sighs) So, Ethan finds the dead body of Scar, scalps him, and goes on the rampage of the Comanche camp. Debbie is spotted and flees, but Ethan pursues. Just behind him is Martin, who is afraid Ethan will kill her too. Ethan grabs her, puts her on his horse, and they all go home. When they get there, Debbie is shaken, but happy, and Ethan walks off into the desert. The end. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a great movie. The duke, the killing, the framing of the rich white people as the victims. Vow, vow, vow a million times, vow. A full stamp of fascist approval, yeah. Huh. After giving When Harry Met a fascist stamp of approval I thought you might have changed your views a bit, but alas, you're still racist. I not only refuse to issue a stamp of approval, but I must wholeheartedly denounce this movie and the portrayal of Native Americans. Pascal! I must add that this story was loosely based on the real life story of Cynthia Ann Parker. Who was abducted by Comanches when she was 9 and raised as one of their own. She spent 24 years there, married and had children with a chief, and was taken by Texas Rangers. Even though she tried to return to the tribe, she was taken back to Texas by the Rangers. She then stopped eating and died. Natalie Wood obviously stopped eating in this role. Do you think her character also dies? Yeah, probably. It takes place in 1870s, after all. She got a hold of white man's medicine and developed a cocaine addiction or radiation poisoning. I mean, do you know anyone who's still alive from 1870s? Nein, but Otto von Bismarck did come to me in a dream once, urging me to stay out of a two-front war. (laughs) Lunatic, like there's any other way. Yeah, there is. You don't invade second country when you're at war with another one on the opposite side of you. Like I said, pfff. Ah, our next film is being brought to us now. And that winner is... Ghostbusters 2! What? Don't we have to watch Ghostbusters One first? It turns out we don't. Works for me, until then. Eeform Extremism out. Do, 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 do,